This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Coming January 18, 2019, Misery Never Forgets, the new album from the leaders of the next generation of metalcore, Wrist Meat Razor. Revolver Magazine proclaims, Wrist Meat Razor reimagined the technicality and urgency of the hardcore and screamo of the early aughts. And Colt Nation hails, Wrist Meat Razor is poised to make their mark, a crimson slice of emotional violence. Wrist Meat Razor, Misery Never Forgets, available in all formats, January 18, 2019. Pre-order at store.prostheticrecords.com. Meet Gus. He's a great neighbor and a good friend. Let me get that for you. Thanks, Gus. You're a good neighbor and a great friend. But what they don't know is that Gus has a very dark secret. His dick is a chicken. (laughs) Dude, your dick. How? A gypsy cursed me. Those filthy sons of bitches. Now he's on a mission to get his life back. The only way to break the hex is the beak of your penis must taste the lips belonging to your true love. I better trim my pubes. (laughs) Cock-a-doodle dude. So, do you have protection? Yeah, about that. Um, it's best if I just show you. Oh my god, your dick is a chicken! You you must have been cursed by gypsies. I was! How'd you know? I was too. (laughs) Let's just be friends. Clucking your way in 2020. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. <laughs> oh, Metal Sucks Podcast. What's going on, everybody? We're not laughing at the bit. We're not laughing at no, the bit. Oh, I am. I am. I'm laughing I'm at laughing the bit. I'm laughing at it. Sorry if, uh, if I'm an artist and you're just a regular peon. I think if you pitch that to TLC, they'll make it into a show. Dude, for real, bro. At least oxygen. <laughs> I'm your host, Petter Speich. Always joined by an audio genius, no. a man amongst men, a god amongst boys, Brandon Gooch Han. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. And I'm Jocelyn Sharp. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. And uh, you can find me at Rise to Offend. Facebook and Twitter, Rise to Offend official on Instagram. Guys. And you can also email him at chickendick at Yahoo. No. <laughs> Not the case. Not Yahoo, the case. Jesus. How highly do you think of Pete? Yeah, I don't have a Yahoo. You give him a Yahoo. I'm going to give him an AOL. Right. Okay, I'll give him a Hotmail. This week, guys, great interview. Awesome chat, as always. We got Matt Pike from Sleep High on Fire. Now, keep in mind, I did this interview right before... The High on Fire shows were canceled due to the diabetes, so we do talk about it a little bit. Regardless, we love to chat with Matt Pike. We love to promote the new record by High on Fire, which came out a little while ago, and the new Sleep record. But before we get to that interview, guys, let's jump on into some of the Metal Sucks news. Happy story. Let's start happy and then gradually go a little sadder. How's that? Yeah. Happy story of the week, guys. Chris Cornell benefit show happened in los angeles just an amazing event on i think on every level and as i you look down metal sucks did post the set list and all the people involved and it was it was really cool man the the one thing i did see that we did mention in metal sucks last week or a week before is that mike Patton was going to perform there 
but apparently he didn't. So um, people said that he was sick as well. And he also canceled when we talked about last week about uh, we talked the national anthem. We uh, were excited, but yeah, he canceled. So he wasn't there. But otherwise, man, like if you look at the set list and all the people involved, it was pretty much a just, who's who. It was a great, it's, it's just great to have that many people celebrate. You can never underestimate the importance and the original voice and legacy of someone like Chris Cornell. To see someone's impact like permeate every single like facet of pop culture to the point where... That's my thing. It was so many different genres of music. How many people he influenced. Right. Like how important he was, how important he is to music as a whole and not just his genre is is really, really wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of people say negative things about like Miley Cyrus's participation or something like that. It's like, you're a jerk, man. Yeah, she's just doing Miley. This is a benefit show though. This is, this is is like the fan this is for the family and the fans it's like don't say a bad thing about anything or anyone everybody's out there out of love and and support and it was really cool and i hope i don't don't know if they filmed it or if it would be on dvd but it would be a great thing to actually see and i mean the one thing i want to see i want to see william devall and jerry cantrell do hunted down that was the one that i was like what that would be sick moving on do you guys got anything else to add to that i wish i was there that's the only thing i have to add that would have been dope but i wish uh i wish there would have been more chicken dick included in i hate you so much let's we're we're gonna pause and and talk about chicken dick for a second here okay do we have to yes yes because i feel like anybody sorry Look, look, we got this great interview. We got Matt Pike coming up. I bet a lot of people are like, oh, I got to hear this. And then what the fuck just occurred? Brandon, Brandon. You name me something funny I could have made out of the Chris Cornell tribute. No, there wasn't. No. Is there what was funny this week? This this week, we didn't have a lot of funny stuff to make fun of. So we, we went I like, was scraping. This is this is the <laughs> this is the idea pitching of me and Brandon. Hey, there's a new. The, Rich, you did not have to tell us you were scraping. Yeah, I know. <laughs> scraping. But the thing is, though, dude, is I scraped the bottom and I got gold, baby. He loves it, dude. He loves the bit. And I'm I like, think it's so dumb and it's silly, and I am a goddamn genius. The fake chicken dick. The Guess fa- what's coming next week, huh? What? Huh? How about what? this? It's Armadillo okay. butthole? No, no, no. <laughs> Instead of chicken dick, it's raven dick. Scrote the raven. That's the next week's movie. Oh, my it's God. Happening. No. Scrote the raven. So Nevermore. The fake trailer thing just came out because Rob Zombie finished Three Days in Hell, and I'm like, well, maybe we can do something off of that. Maybe a fake trailer. And that's what Brandon did. Yeah, why not? What else? Okay, okay. Look, first to off, be fair, Rob Schneider would do that movie. To be fair, <laughs> bro, you that's got, an insult. Think about that. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, you guys didn't write shit. So, guess oh, what? No, no, hey. Once again, Brandon Guchan saves the day. To the rescue. Yeah, thank you for the fake trailer for the new Nick Swarzen movie. We appreciate it. Swarzen. What's his name? Swarzen. Swarzen. Nick Swarzen. You really put the Eastern Bloc on that one, didn't you? Scrote the Raven. Always wanted a sequel to Bucky Larson. <laughs> yes, Thank you, Brandon. Yep, yep. Scrote the Raven. It's coming your way. Keep talking your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Next story that we want to talk about is that we are huge fans of Every Time I Die. Obviously, we talk about it all the time. I believe he tweeted, right? Keith, yeah, yeah. Keith he, Buckley he, tweeted a uh, picture of Taylor Swift taken on a Polaroid, which I guess is is in the physical copy of her album 1989. And on the back wall behind her head, there is lyrics that Keith Buckley wrote. And those lyrics I'm going to read right now is, if you leave me, I'm coming with you. Okay. Two things. That's kind of <laughs> scary. First off, that's not... <laughs> If you leave me, I'm going to be if there I can every have step you, of the no way. No one, one will. will. Exactly. That's basically what it is. If you leave me, I'm coming with you because uh, I'll be wearing your skin. Which is pretty fitting. Lyric. I think it means 
Exactly what you said. <laughs> I was going to try to go another yeah. way, but that's a stock. Yeah, I'm, like, yeah, I'm over here like, I'm like, please, please step to the dark side just once. This is true. And also, mm. please, anyone paint me a scenario in which that is romantic. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> leave me. I'm coming please with you. Please give me any scenario. Yeah. I don't even care. Even if it's like, I got to leave to go to the bathroom. I'm coming with you. Fitting, like, it's like, dude, just give her space. Fitting lyric for Taylor Swift. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that's what I'm saying. It's it, That's a totally T-swizzled lyric. But also, wow. it's about as generic as a four-inch chin cookie. That's what I, that's a okay, Taylor well, Swift, that's a Taylor Swift lyric. I mean, come on. It's well, it's as, not hers. It's, it's Keith not Buckley's. Hers. No, I know it's, I know, but I'm saying like, it's, it's a generic lyric. Keith I, Buckley writes gold. Yes. His lyrics are fantastic. Yeah, for the most part. So, but here's, here, let's, let's answer Let's ask a few questions and you guys tell me what you think. First off, do you guys think that lyric is, it is an every time I die song, but do you think that, I think it's a Miley Cyrus lyric. I uh, it could be another <laughs> band, right? <laughs> I did a pretty deep dive on Google mm-hmm. and I put quotes around it to ensure that it would bring up anything that was an exact match. A pretty deep dive. I did a pretty deep dive. I went Just three, the first page. I went three pages. That's pretty deep Google dive. Who goes past the first page these days? Listen, okay? That's like 90 shit. Jocelyn that's Sharp nine, That's does. 90 shit, okay? When you have to click on the second O that's on the bottom. That's real journalism. That's real journalism. <laughs> and every single lyrics page that came up was Buffalo 666. Every single lyrics page. But, but there was other videos that came up that were other songs, so I don't know if those lyrics match. So we're gonna, on this show, we're gonna say, yes, those are the Every Time I Die lyrics from Buffalo 66, which does the follow-up question of did Taylor Swift write it on the wall or was it someone that was doing the photograph? More what than do you guys think? I think you were right. I think more than likely it's a set designer. Yeah. There's a set designer on all of these things, and I guarantee there's nothing they let her do without the set designer approving it. But she would have had to read the lyric and be like, I can do that. I have no problem with that stalkery lyric from Keith Buckley, right? right? <laughs> this, I, this lyric reminds me of John Mayer. <laughs> right. I wonder if his dick is a chicken. Imagine if you broke... I hate you. I <laughs> hate you. Dude. If you know Photoshop, Photoshop a chicken dick on Gucci's face and send oh, it to yeah. us. No, don't do on that. my face. It's all curly. <laughs> you know chicken dicks. That's They're not a like duck dick. dick. Oh, okay, duck get, dick. Your, get right. your poultry dick correct. I didn't, I didn't realize you were such an expert on that. I Fucking really? <laughs> yes. You guys oh. got me. We're talking about chicken oh. and duck dicks. Oh, I love it when I love it when Pete has this beautiful idea of this perfect path the show's gonna, go, never down, gonna go down, and then down all of a way. sudden I throw in chicken dick and there's like seven Look, forks in the road. You recruited two of the biggest ADD motherfuckers on the planet. It's never gonna go down that path. Oh, but I, I know in the editing room, I'm like, how the fuck did we get there? <laughs> yeah. And then, you, and then, and then it's and so hard to cut because I'm like, saying, it yeah. doesn't make sense That's because you do. two I, are going left and right. And I'm like, when I wake up in the morning and I go, you know what? I want to leave my stamp of approval on Metal Sucks, and I want to make sure that I go in such a left field that Peak has no other choice but to keep it in, then I am patting myself on the back. Yeah. Yeah. He's an evil villain. I you're just like, an evil villain. <laughs> I feel like you aren't even. It's like, in a way, you're saying, I'm going to hijack this no, show. hijack. And make it as ridiculous as possible for listeners. And I'm going to pat myself on the back. Let me tell you something. Were we, smi- <laughs> were we smiling when we were talking about Chris Cornell? No, we weren't. Guess what we're smiling about right now? Chicken dick. Look, I will say it's a conversation starter, but... So are like disease epidemics. So don't feel too proud of yourself. Raven dick. So we officially think that the lyric on the wall is every time I die. Yeah. Back to what we were fucking talking about. See, I can cut all that bullshit out right there. We just did. And then go right back to this. Chicken dick, chicken dick, (laughs) chicken dick. Now you can't. (laughs) (laughs) Just whisper it constantly under, under what we're talking about. What is going on there? Some subliminal message is your chicken dick. (laughs) 
What's he? What? Okay. So here's the here's the real question: Is is Taylor Swift a secret metal fan? We have decided here that she did not put the lyric on the wall. However, it isn't every time I die lyric, and that we cannot confirm that she's a fan of every time I die because we feel it could have been like a set designer. See, and, and I think with Taylor Swift, story. if you come out and you say something like that, like you back a band, like every time I die, yeah, she is. Such she a, knows who her fan. That's base what I'm is. saying. She's such a brand. That it's like you can't – I don't think she would ever come out and just kind of like, you know, overtly, overtly like back a band like that. You know what I mean? Well, because her fans are like all like fairly like – just the name of the band. There's no danger associated yeah, with Taylor Swift. Yeah. So anytime you sprinkle in a little bit of that, it's like all of a sudden now you're taking away like some cinnamon and sugar off the but top I, of that. You I am going to take the opposite stance. I'm going to say she's a secret metal fan because I like a world where Taylor Swift like – plays that music and then goes home and just like puts on terror and just yeah. like loses it in her <laughs> yeah. bedroom. Puts on yeah. Terror. She just, yeah, she just fucking dives into her stuffed animals Dancing and has a with mosh pit. Yeah. yeah. Really feeling Jamming it. Jamming on her awesome. acoustic yeah. guitar. <laughs> just starts really That's throw. total retaliation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just fucking white, throws all the shit off of her you know, dresser. She's just like, I'm fucking ready. <laughs> so, alright guys, before we move on to our interview with Matt Pike, we want to talk about one more story. One story that is just a lot of speculation, but it seems like the speculation is just getting a lot of hype and a lot of hate. Anyways, it's about all that remains guitarist Ollie Herbert. What? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's one of those stories I don't like talking about, man, but uh, all that remains guitarist Ollie Herbert, he, uh, we talked about this many episodes before. He passed in a suspicious way, and then a lot of people were pointing their figures at his wife, Elizabeth. Now it comes to us to find out that the will was changed just a week before his death. So I'm going to read what was reported by the Hartford Current, and it says that that under no circumstance should Oliver Herbert's sister, Cynthia Herbert, become executor or receive anything from his estate, and everything should go to Elizabeth. And then she now has an attorney, Elizabeth, and he said that the client, his client was helping out with the cops, but now as the investigation goes, everything will go through him. Thoughts? I will play devil's advocate here. Here's where I'll play devil's advocate. We all know there can be a lot of tension between in-laws. In-laws often don't like their daughter-in-law or sister-in-law, so maybe this isn't so much a, like, I'm trying to keep all the money from his family. It could be a, she's a she's a terrible person or maybe like, we don't know. I'm going to attack that with one question. Why would you have someone change their will when they're in perfect health at 38 years old? Ooh. You I, got me, John. Waters. Well, the one, or I'm sorry, 44 years old. He wasn't, I got the age wrong. Why would you have someone at 44 years of age who is in good health change his will at this moment? I just my The one thing that bothers me the most is uh, I hate it when like a spouse will step in and block, you know, any type of, uh, bonding with family, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like for her to step in and go, no money goes to your sister specifically. You know what I mean? Like that. This chick just sounds like a putrid person. Maybe, but we don't have enough information. Honestly, yeah. it could be. It could range from things that like his, sis- his sister so could bad. have issues with money or substance abuse, and he was like, "Don't ever let my sister get a hold of it." Like it could be a positive thing wrapped in a negative blanket. But I do agree with Pete. It is a little strange to change the will a week. A, a positive thing wrapped in a negative blanket. Okay, oh. shut up. So warm by negativity. 
I don't even, I'm trying to picture that as a, as <laughs> yeah, a, that's a lot. I just picture it picking a blanket. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Where would you put those words on a meme? Like what face would you exactly. say? Yeah. I'm I see Scarface. Yeah. Just a positive <laughs> thing in a negative blanket. Yeah, I'm stuck thinking of now I'm thinking of pigs in a blanket. I'm over here like, so wait a minute, positivity is the hot dog, and then yeah, the yeah. croissant is, is the, the negative negativity. blanket because it's ah, carbs and carbs are bad. That's right. I hate myself for actually I I, I you major that. I major ADD. Jump out! You there. encouraged so, it. Keto yeah. diet. So with that timing, though, it's it's I can't as, as as an investigator. The first thing you're going to look into when someone dies suspiciously is the spouse or the girlfriend or the boyfriend or you know anything yes. like that. Yeah, ring ring. It's the writers the, for the, every the, episode of CSI. That's yeah, the plot. CSI every true crime everything. Right? Yeah, the real and then shit. The, the next thing they're going to look at is like, oh, let's see what the will says. Right? Oh, the will got changed a week prior than his death. So all these things are really painting a a really suspicious and ugly picture of the accidental. Death. I mean, I believe in bad timing. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I believe in bad timing. But my thing is, is it was already reported that I mean, wasn't it reported that the two of them were fighting constantly? Like it was just a bad, bad marriage. Here's the thing: is that's too many negative coincidences. It's too many bad. That's things. what I'm getting. You can't. At. There's a point when you stack up so many bad coincidences that it becomes there's something you're not seeing there because it can't be that many bad coincidences right. in a row. Right. Well, Jocelyn just walked out of the negative shower with no towel because that yeah, positive towel's yeah. gone, bro. Oh, yeah, dude, <laughs> that positive blanket <laughs> fell off. Of the, you mean of no? The it was the negative blanket. The, the negative, negative blanket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And I made it a towel. So I took yes. the positive towel off and then wrapped up in a negative blanket. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. She wrapped her negative boobs with some more negative blankets and towels. Just my boobs. <laughs> I'm, I'm the weirdest. I have the weirdest yeah. hygiene ritual. I only it's, wrap uh, my boobs once pretty much the shower. It's really just, have you ever seen a woman shower? <laughs> Well, first off, I, I I'm not okay. My wife, you know, well, what I mean, and maybe a couple of ex girlfriends, but not like people, not like from their window or something like. I'm like, that's right. Yeah, you never seen Kentucky Fried Movie? I'm like, get in that crevice. <laughs> Kentucky Fried Movie. Oh my god, get in that crevice. We have to say something else because we can't end the podcast. <laughs> well, guess what? Kentucky Fried. What are they usually known for? No, and no. Then no one's known. Yes, no. Kentucky Fried Chicken Dick. First of all, what? <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, move. That's it. We're getting to the interview. This month, King Diamond will release a new DVD Blu-ray, Songs for the Dead, live via Metal Blade Records, boasting 18 songs per set, each of the two shows, Belgium's Grass Pop Metal Meeting in June 2016 and Philadelphia's Fillmore in November 2015, feature a brace of classic King Diamond and Merciful Fate tracks, including Welcome Home, Halloween, and Eye of the Witch. Before launching into 1987's seminal Abigail, purchase your copies now at metalblade.com slash King Diamond. And with that, guys, here's my chat with Matt Pike. Everybody, what is going on? It's Petter with the Metal Sucks podcast. On the phone, I got Matt Pike, and we are here to talk about quite a few things, man, as a matter of fact. But we definitely want to promote High on Fire starting their tour here in January going all the way till February 1st. Currently, you're on tour with Sleep right now, but let's let's, yeah. let's go first thing is first here for those that don't know. You recently had your toe partially amputated. How is that toe healing up, and what were the challenges of the recovery for you? Oh, it's healing up good, man. Um, it's a pretty common problem. Um, I'm like, I figured, I found out that I'm like diabetic light, so uh, oh, wow. I just needed to change my diet a lot, and... Um, yeah, I broke that toe because I have 
I have problems with feeling in my feet. And I, you know, anybody who's seen me play, I jump around the stage and kick monitors and kick everything. So I break a lot of toes. And that one got particularly bad. And uh, I went out on tour and uh, I was supposed to keep it like super clean and do and wrap it every night. And in some dirty shower or somewhere in fucking England or something or Europe somewhere, I got a toe infection and some, you know, it's all over the place if you're in dirty showers and I tried to avoid it, but yeah, I've been like, and it blew up like a sausage and I kept grinning and bearing it, grinning and bearing it. And then finally, um, I went to three different doctors along the way and they just kept giving me more antibiotics, which really wasn't doing a whole lot. And by the time I got home, uh, my doctor said, amputation. So fuck that thing. <laughs> it's gone. Exactly. Good, good goddamn riddance. I don't give a fuck. And it's, Whatever. it's funny. Cause like, um, I, I've broken toes many times cause I played soccer my entire life and you can tough it out. If it's like if the toe, it was, was the one next to the big one. Like people don't realize you can tough it out, but with it gone, I never obviously experienced that. Was it different in any way on your equilibrium or when you're walking or is it just, you don't really notice it? No, it'd be worse if it was my big toe, yeah. which I did break three places before. That one was gnarly, but I didn't have to lose that one. This one just got super, it, it got strep in it, which strep is a common thing, just like, you know, like hep C is a common thing on surfaces. There's all sorts of nasty shit in the world. And yes, I got strep in meningitis or whatever it's called, got it inside my toe. Started eating away the bone. It was crazy because the, the lady, when she uh, she didn't give me any local because I really couldn't feel that toe anyways, aside of the massive pressure and the joints. And, and the bone was already so deteriorated. She just cut it open and started pulling bone out. That's how she got the biopsy. So it was kind of creepy. Oof. Man. But the new diet's good, man. I think I lost some weight. I'm feeling pretty spry. Nice. Um, sleep shows are going really well because of it. Excellent, man. Let's talk about sleep for a while before we jump on to talk about High on Fire. Now, let's just talk about last year, man, 2018. It's over right now. So, But you guys, you put out two records, Sleep the Sciences and High on Fire, Electric Messiah, and both made every top list of 2018 for major metal publications. Which album, now this is going to be a tough question for you, Matt, which album are you prouder of and why? Oh, uh, that's apples and oranges. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, I can't make a decision on that. I'm proud of both for different reasons, you know. And, uh, you know, the High on Fire is kind of my baby because I sing and I have a little more to do. So I, I think I, you know, but it doesn't mean I didn't put as much effort into the sleep stuff. It's just I have more to do and think of in High on Fire. So, you know, I, I'm proud of both. I, I really worked hard on both. Or you could just say I'm a masochist and I want to die young. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm glad they came out staggered, you know, because there's always, that was my plan. It's like, if I'm making two albums in a year, you got to stagger them by six months, which works out. But I could have seen like one of the albums getting postponed and then you could like how shit always fucking works. So, you know, one way or another. And then I'm coming out at the same time. And then all I do is talk on the phone all day when everybody else wants me to be playing because I have that many interviews and all that, you know. 
There's a lot of work that goes out when an album comes out. So. Let me talk about the surprise release that you and Sleep did last year on April 20th. It seemed to work really well with you guys. Other bands tried that. It didn't work as well. Were you skeptical at all about that release on that day being a surprise no. release? No, I thought it was genius because it was, yeah. one, it's record store day. Two, it's pot day. <laughs> Those both go hand in hand with Sleep because Sleep's a very vinyl-oriented band. And... uh you know, and I love working with Third Man because they're very vinyl and art-oriented and they're into having weird little things and so sweet. So we get together pretty well, like syrup and pancakes. And, uh, yeah, yeah, um, that whole thing was by design, though, and it worked really well. The only only indication we gave, is it was so some of our nerdy fans could figure it out, we put out um, one thing, I think, Jason put it out on Facebook or something in um, Morris Code. And in Morris Code, we just said Sleep is in the uh, studio doing an album. Yes. And like that's the only, only little hint we gave to anybody. And then it was really hard because I got a big mouth to like keep my mouth shut. Al and Jay were good about it. I was trying really hard. so And it didn't seem to, didn't seem to leak. <laughs> As much as I wanted to talk about it, you know, I think it was really a brilliant way of doing that. So, well, we used the whole thing like because because that release was anticipated for fucking you know like twenty years yeah. if it was ever going to happen, and then we kept being patient. Like I'd talk about it a little bit. Oh yeah, we're jamming on stuff, but we're jamming on stuff. You know, we're just jamming on stuff. And then finally, when we got it done, I was still saying, we're just jamming on stuff, you know? And hopefully it surprises the shit out of a lot of people. <laughs> now, one story I did want to talk about. So metalheads around the world, we're all rejoiced, man, when you decided to do the Roadburn Festival instead of Coachella. Now, in your personal opinion, um, do you think Coachella would have helped the growth of sleep? Or do you think it would have been kind Absolutely. of... Yeah. I think the person who wrote that um, about me talking about it made it sound like I was talking shit. And I wasn't talking shit on Coachella. I was just explaining that um, because of the way that they have a radius clause, um, you know, I wasn't talking shit on Coachella. I'd still do that show. It's just Roadburn came up and we love that festival and we love Walter a lot. He's a really good friend who kind of started that thing. And yeah, uh, yeah, now that I have a chance to clear the air, I wasn't talking shit on Coachella, even though it made me sound like the cool kid who's like, you know, James Dean or whatever. Uh, yeah, I was just stating facts that, hey, we just found it was easier for us to do road burns, probably less financially great, but, you know, I think it, it will be a, a fun, fun thing for Steve to just play that, you know, so. Agreed. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Now, Roadburn, though. Like, I don't think Roadburn with high on fire ends. It doesn't matter. Like, I've done it with both bands where we, uh, we're kind of the flavor of that that year or whatever. And uh, I'm out here in Las Vegas. So, in Psycho Vegas, it's either same thing. It's, you just hire a fire or sleep. I think I'm pretty sure I had you one year with both. Am I wrong? Didn't you guys play both? Yeah, I, yeah. Did, a double, I did a double DD. I do, me and Jason do that now and then. And Al. Al's done the home and sleep. That's a little much for him sometimes. So, so a little much for all of us. If I have an hour in between, I'm cool. But um, 
I have to like prepare all day and just not talk to anybody and just play guitar. Yeah. So I'm like on, it's hard to shift gears from both those bands. I go from one of the fastest, hardest bands to, oh, you got to stop and eat some quaaludes and meatloaf and smoke a bong rib and then try to shift gears that you weren't in before. It's like a whole different car you're driving. Um, but that's the beauty of being in two bands like that is like I have my super space jam band that I can improv a lot in and then I have my super tight like motorhead of Sabbath kind of band that I that's you know it's visceral so uh, that you know developing both styles of those playing it's I know two styles it's like knowing two different languages you know yes. it's cool it's fun challenging yeah, dude, and I mean, and for us fans, it's it's such a great it's it's a great experience to go from you said the Motorhead style to the to the Sleep style. It's a completely different experience, yet the same, you know, or same, you know, same personnel in a way because it's you involved. Now at Roadburn, though, you guys will be playing Holy Mountain in its entirety in one set, if I'm correct, and then another set, you guys are going to play the Sciences in its entirety. Is that correct? Um, some like that. Okay. I don't know. We'll mix it up and put probably put a. Uh dope smoker stuff in there too you know i don't know cool man cool and then we have the ep and then you know we're we're jamming soon to start working on some new stuff you never know what we're gonna play (laughs) owls into calling audibles so once in a while we'll have a set and then all of a sudden the set's different because we're calling audibles in the middle of it (laughs) and that's kind of cool too it's all oh shit what are we playing tonight i don't know it's just whatever we're gonna play so. One thing I do like, you did mention that you put out the EP with the, the sleep, but you also put out singles with the Adult Swim singles program. And now High on Fire is going to do one this year coming up, I believe, um, for them. Yeah, how does already that, did it. Already did it, yeah. Uh, how does that whole program work? Uh, I don't know, man. They're just, they approach us, you know, and it's it, they give you a pretty good budget to get it done, and then you get to keep what's left. And then your song gets out there and the public hears it like pretty fast and they give you your music back so you can press them. You know, we can do like a cool AP vinyl thing or you, you just have something to work with to, you know, have a new, new cool like product to sell, whether it's a record or whether it's just a single or, you know, it, it gives you a little extra thing for your merch booth, which is like how all of us make our money. You know, mm-hmm. like, you gotta sell merch, or you don't make shit. Absolutely, dude. So let's talk about High on Fire now, real quick. So you are gonna be back yeah. on tour, January all the way to February first. A lot of this is making up the tour that was canceled because of the the tow uh, with Municipal Waste early in the year, correct? Yeah, yeah. And I felt bad about that, man, because uh, you know when something happens, you like that, and there's a lot of people depending on employment because you have a tour, and I I don't like canceling anything. And, uh, that like, I felt like I affected a lot of people and it was my problem, you know? So I apologize to anybody if I fucking fucked it up, but my crew and, you know, the municipal waste guys and all the dudes seemed to, seemed to work it out and it seemed to be a good tour for them. I went, uh, when they came to Portland, I, I went down there and said, Hey, everybody, you know, even though I was on heavy drugs, but you know, they're kind of cool on heavy drugs. So. The record, though, Electric Messiah, which uh, we didn't get to talk about earlier in the year, but it is the title is dedicated to Lemmy of Motorhead. It started out just a song, you know, and uh, it's something that uh, me and Dez 
we're trying to ride together. Like this is how high on fire rides. Like me and Jeff get together. Me and Jeff play guitar together a lot. Like he can play bass yet. We just play like we're two guitar players. And uh, sometimes Jeff goes and writes riffs with Dez, and Dino will come up with a guitar riff, and me and Jeff will like sort it out for him a little bit, you know. But yeah, we'll get together, you know, one on one individually, and then we'll get together all three of us sometimes too to learn what we created with the, you know, you gotta kind of write to a drummer, so that's an important aspect of Wild Fire. And uh, we we're throwing around, you know, the riffs that now are um, electric that. And every time I have this weird dream after Lenny died, and like he was, he was like hazing me for, you know, I had so many people go, oh, dude, you're like the next Lenny Chumpster or something. I'm all, don't fucking say that, dude. You know, one, I'm not. I'm a very different individual. I'm totally flattered by that statement, but I, you know, I'm a very different individual. I play guitar. He plays bass. You know, but I guess I have in common. Sometimes I wear a handlebar mustache, and I sound like there's gravel in my neck. So I see the common denominator. But after that, every time I try to think of lyrics or titles for that, you know, even a working title, Lemmy would pop into my head, and I'm like, dude, this is like the Lemmy song. And then just called it "Insect Workout with Lemmy" was the working title, and that made us all laugh. So I kept threatening Des to call it "Insect." <laughs> work out with Lemmy and then we're all well we really need to change the title and I said Electric Messiah and those kids were like dude that's fucking killer that's actually a killer name for an album and I was like you know kind of is so yeah the song there's only one song about Lemmy on that thing but you know it was a great title for an album so I guess it's you know it is dedicated to Lemmy Chumster and he's a big hero of all of ours and all that but, you know, in no way, shape, or form were we trying to pose. Motorhead were just very, very influenced by them and Slayer and Jesus Priest and, you know, the British invasion kind of thing. And so we did a tribute, you know? Definitely. And he deserved it. Oh, yeah. And, and knowing him, being on tour with him, he's a fucking great dude. So. What did he represent to you growing up? All things that are rock star without fucking, you know, I grew up in Motorhead was the non-glam rock band that was in L.A., you know, mm -hmm. and before that, straight out of England, they were just gnarly, fast. They'd kick everybody's ass, but always be the underdog, you know? They'd always be low on the bill when they should have been just at the top slaying everybody, you know? So, I think they started getting their due later on, and, you know, that, that was well-deserved, and it was, it was good to see, uh, those dudes kind of comfortable, you know? Yeah. If you're in rock that long and you kick ass that long, you deserve something. Let's get a little philosophical here now. So we got a new year coming up. 2019 is here. From your perspective, I'm going yeah. to keep it positive here. From your perspective, what's step one for humanity to go into the right direction? Uh, it's fucking... Dude, turn off your phone. Turn off your fucking TV. Uh... I don't know. I think Europe is going in the right direction. They're fucking wearing yellow vests, and that's not about... As much as our media is saying that's about a gas tax, that is about fucking tyranny, and people are fucking sick of it over there, and people are joining in on that thing. You watch Europe being reshaped, and I think shortly after, the United States is going to follow, but the shit between the left and the right is such bullshit everybody's being divided, nobody's thinking on how motherfuckers conquer things, 
and it's divide and conquer if no one fucking learned their lesson from history. And I'm an anarchist, so I think government is bullshit to begin with. I, I think it's a fucking scam. Fucking kings and monarchies and bloodlines and all that shit. It's a bunch of bullshit. And we should all be able to live responsibly if you fucking are brought up with fucking morals and, and, and you know how to deal with other people and you can talk to other people honestly. I think the planet would be a lot better if everybody just fucking calmed down, get over themselves, kill your fucking ego, kill your TV, kill your phone, and fucking live and breathe and help other people and love other people. Love's the fucking answer to it. But no one wants to hear that out of a fucking eating shitty rock star dude. So, you know. I mean, I 100% agree. It starts with the individual, and that's that's where I always get confused with things because I see less and less of the individual, and I see more of the pack, you know? And I think that's the big well, yeah, everybody wants to join the club, you know? Exactly. And if you're... And if, it, it, there, it's like if you're slightly, you know, bisexual or gay, you have to be on the left. Well, well, you know, why do you have to pick a side? I have a song about that. It says, pick a side because the dogs come a baiting. And then later in the song, I say, pick a side because the hell hounds come a baiting. And it, it's because it's getting worse and worse. And it's about that. How we're fucking herded in like cattle you know, mentally, it's all a fucking big psyop. Think for themselves and be nice to others, you know? But you nailed it with the sides. That's the thing. People don't, if you, history repeats itself constantly. We see it all the time, as you're saying. But these sides that people draw a line for doesn't make sense, you know? I always bring up that George Wallace was a Democrat, you know? And he was, he was who was against Martin Luther King the most. But that doesn't matter. The blue or the red don't matter. You know, it's, it's the individual thought that matters but it never rises yeah. because conformity is such a comfort in a in a business world you know do you think there's any hope for mainstream media to regain integrity in your opinion uh, i don't know i think fox and cnn have damaged themselves to the point of no return because mm. how can you be a journalist and be biased you know what i mean you, you're not supposed to do that. That's like being a doctor and and not. I, I don't know. I don't have a comparison to that. It, you just don't fucking put your own fucking agenda into the fucking truth that you're trying. This happened. Say what happened. Don't say this happened because I think that Trump did this or Hillary did this. It all it fucks with everybody's head. You know, just shut the fuck up about your opinion and fucking tell the real news. That's the only way you're going to get any integrity back. And they're not going to do that because they're owned by a bunch of fucking assholes. A bunch of 1% rich banking fucking elite dicks. Ted Turner, Mr. Fucking Genocider, uh, eugenist, you know, it's like Bill Gates. Like all those fucking assholes, all of Hollywood, all these people are just fucking crazy, man. And we don't give a fuck about the little dude, the middle class who actually work for a living. You know, they want something free. Everybody wants something free. You know, it's like that's the problem because the millennials, they got suckered into going to college and now they don't even have jobs, but they have a huge debt. And they're all pissed off at all of us and they blame it on, hey, dude, you're white, dude. You know, in a, 
even if you don't wear a suit, you're instantly a dick and a misogynist and a Nazi, and that's bullshit too, because they're just teaching rhetoric to hang on to someone so that they have an argument. All you have to do is repeat Nazi every fucking 10 seconds, or all you have to do is repeat, oh, fucking lefty, or, you know, it's, it's fucking stupid. It, it is stupid, Get man. Generalization is the most racist and worst thing you can do to anybody. And that's what I always tell people when, when they point their finger. I'm like, no, no. The fact that you're looking past them as an individual and grouping them in, that, my friend, is the most like racist and horrible thing in the world. And also the rhetoric, like you were mentioning, I feel, isn't even valid. To call someone a Nazi, to me, you know, Nazis are extinct. And they've been extinct for a long time. World War II happened. In Europe, they're in Antarctica, and they—they're. What do you think NASA is? NASA is Nazis. That's Operation Paperclip. The Nazis fucking took that whole program over, and I hate to say it, but yeah, everything you reported on that has to do with space or rockets or missiles—that came from the Nazis, and they came to America supposedly secret. That's why they call it Operation Paperclip. And yep, they landed here. And then a bunch of them went to Antarctica and a bunch of them went to South America. And there's bases down there. And now that it's melting, they're figuring it out. I have a friend who's an archaeologist that's about to go down there. I'm going to have an inside excuse. But, yeah, they're, they're uncovering pyramids and ancient, it's like Peru, a bunch of it. It's like Egypt. You know, there's shit under that ice because I believe that used to either be Tangia and Atlantis that they talk about or some civilization that, you know, we came from the aliens. We're their petri dish. That's my belief. You know. Yeah, and, I, and I've read that before. That you did. I'm entitled to my own opinion. I completely agree. Everybody is entitled to their own opinion, but when it becomes profit based, let's like if we talk about infowars and it is profit based media. Do you think that opinion is not harmful to the world? Um. Yeah. Do you know what's harmful about that? Is the disinformation that goes with the truth. Because they'll say half of it truth, and then they'll put their own little spin on it, and then it's disinformation because you're believing all this shit that's just made up. But there's there's a truth. Everything is based off the truth, you know. And then it's twisted to the point where it's no longer truth. It's hard. You have to do research to like get to the point where you understand your belief system. If you even have a belief system, I'm an anarchist. I'd prefer not. And like you were saying about the the NASA thing and the Nazi thing, I don't have any knowledge of that. So I'm not going to call you out or say anything like that's inappropriate or whatever. It's your belief system. You've actually researched your beliefs and what you believe to be the truth. Every last thing. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So, But is your gauge to separate truth from lies, how often do you think you get fooled from that? Um. On occasion, <laughs> I, you know, I'm one of those people, I was like the kid who believes in fucking dragons and magic, you know, so I'm prone to believe things that are spurious a little bit at first, but then if I go and research them, you know, I, I have my own truths as to what I believe, and, you know, sometimes people think I'm fucking nuts, and I probably am, I probably should, I know that if you put a tinfoil hat on and you stand next to a phone, it does help. It keeps the fucking radio waves that are going through everybody's head. So, I mean, is the dude with the tinfoil hat wrong or is he right? If it actually does something scientifically, you know what I'm saying? But it seems like you're ridiculous 
But it's fucking true. It helps with radio waves. I did it to my amps when they have buzz. I can put a piece of tinfoil across it and put the cord through it, and we'll stop the RF. So that means it's doing the same thing if it's on your head. And now I'm talking about aluminum foil hats, and I'm fucking crazy, you know? So (laughs) that's a double-edged sword so bad. It is a double-edged sword, but that's the thing. Is like I would never deem you crazy. You know, you you are an artist. You do it for a living. Your beliefs and your truth are something that you have researched. That's one thing that I feel hurts a lot. Now, I'm not saying anything you said is is false or or true. But what I'm trying to say is that if you're not there and you don't do the research, we shouldn't comment on it or address it because we don't know. You know, from my experience, I've never heard of that. What you were mentioning about the NASA thing, like from my experience, regardless, that's not what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about your experience. Or you can look up shit about Antarctica. I like it. I'm fascinated with that. Mm-hmm. And that shit, I research all this weird shit because, uh, quite frankly, I need metal lyrics <laughs> or I need new ideas or themes to throw it out once in a while so he'll write them in there because, you know, that's his job in sleep. And, you know, I just find the shit interesting. I think our world is very, very mysterious and we don't know fucking half of it. We don't know what's to the bottom of the ocean. We don't know what's under Antarctica. We don't know even a lot of things that are right here in the United States. They're finding, you know, there were giants in the world, you know, and that's biblical shit. You can kind of see some of the biblical shit, even though the Bible is borrowed from the cuneiform text from ancient Samaria, it's borrowed from Egypt. And a lot of people would yell at me about that, but it's it's a fact. You can you can see the same story of Noah in the cuneiform text that you can in the Bible. And you can get a computer and you can learn how to read cuneiform text and actually check it for yourself if you like, you know. So there's shit like that, but I do it because it's part of my job to be weird, you know, and interesting and Maybe I took too much acid. I don't, I don't know. But I like playing guitar, and I like putting weird poetry over hi-hat. We all do. Obviously, proof is in 2018 on the best of list. So let me give you one more question, Matt, before I get you out of here, buddy. What is the scariest sure. thing to you, man, about the future currently today? Well, I got to say, the fucking solar system that's coming through our solar system, the planet, and the fucking brown dwarf sun, that they're just keeping us distracted, but that shit's getting closer and closer. And it's affecting the earthquakes and volcanoes. No one believes me, don't prepare, but I'm prepared for six months. I mean, and and if that doesn't happen, I'm crazy. I'd rather be prepared than not prepared. You know, you need food, you need water, probably a way of defending yourself, which lots of people don't like guns, but I'm a gun owner. Um, you know, you need antibiotics in case you get hurt for a while. Because if this government shuts down and they're not there for you, kind of like what they did in New Orleans, you're fucked. You've got to rely on yourself. You know, people should learn how to, if not that, go bow hunt or grow vegetables in some soil that they fucked up. With fucking, you know, the chemtrails are real. I don't know what to tell you. But no one believes that. It's contrails. No, it's not contrails. Contrails dissipate. Chemtrails stay in the air and then drop on people. And so all of us have little fucking shit dropped on us every day. Who knows what they're putting in there? So I, I, here I go on conspiracies again, and it's not, I don't want to be on conspiracies yet. The beer scares the shit out of me. That's going to come, and I think it's going to wipe out a whole lot of people, and the people who aren't prepared that live through it are going to die of starvation or 
several other things, or they're going to do something about it because I think that's what most of the chemtrailing is about because it's blocking the sun, and the sun's doing something fucking weird because those those you know planetary bodies are cruising into our solar system and magnetically affecting the way everything spins, pulls, everything else, which is directly affecting us and the atmosphere we're on Earth, you know? So that scares the shit out of me. I <laughs> I prefer, I move towards the volcanoes, though, so if I'm home, and, you know, God forbid the day happens that all the volcanoes go off, I'll be like in Pompeii and just immortalize me, my lady, and my dog, and we'll probably just be there for other people in the future to check out like a museum with a fantastic musical legacy for all us metal kids man all the way through the future so so the museum might happen but the records will stay alive that's for damn sure hopefully that happens that's why i do this you know absolutely that's that's why my brain spins this way i love music and i have to think like this so that I can keep making music like this. Matt, dude, I want to thank you so much for giving me the, the time, dude, talking to us, being honest with us and all that stuff. Being an individual, that's the most important lesson. And then just letting people know out there, you guys discover your own truths by researching, yeah. things like that. That's a very important lesson, and plus the records, dude. So, hey, are you pissed off that the Raiders are coming to, to Las Vegas? I, You know, they've done so shitty in Oakland for yeah. a long time. Yeah, I think it's a good move for them. Because uh, the management in fucking Oakland has just been fucked forever. Ever since they fired, uh, well, they had Gruden's whole thing, and then Gruden came back, and they got a playoff. And I remember the day I hung out at this bar merchants, and a bunch of the Raiders' offensive line coaches and strength coordinators, they all got fired the same day. And Al Davis was still alive, I do believe. And um, he started, you know, his old thing calling weird plays from the 70s because he's panicking. And Gruden's kicking our fucking ass because we fired him. You know, it was, it was a sad day, but all those dudes got fired. And then I really, the Raiders haven't been the same since. I, I had when Carr, before he broke his leg, um, they were doing really well. And then they got, they nailed Carr. And it hasn't been the same since, but they did look. I was in Pittsburgh the other day, and they went with Pittsburgh Steelers yes. while I was there, and I was like, I'm glad I didn't wear my Raiders shirt today because <laughs> I didn't know they were playing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But, no, I'm not pissed at them. I think it's a good move. Dude, the stadium, I'm watching it get built every day. It looks amazing. So, uh, all you all you Oakland fans, just just give it give us a shout out here. We deserve a team in Vegas. So, But with that, Matt, dude, I want to thank you, dude, so much for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Hey, thank you, man. Have a good one. Before we get to the songs, I want to remind you guys that the show is sponsored by Rockabilia. Need to stock up on some of your favorite band's merch? Go to rockabilia.com and put some on your wish list. They're the one-stop shop for all your band merch needs. Need to buy a gift for someone and you know what bands they're into? Pick up something from Rockabilia. You won't be disappointed with their selection and you can get 10% off with the code PCJabberJaw. So head on over to rockabilia.com and use the promo code PCJabberJaw and save 10% today.
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
And we are back, guys. First song you heard off the new record by High on Fire, Electric Messiah. That song is called Drowning Dog. Next song, guys, is off of most every list on 2018. The Sleep the Sciences was on that list of best of, especially with the rock and metal world. That song is called Antarctican's Thawed. And with that, guys, I do apologize once again for the chicken dick. Go! Don't apologize. You're welcome. You're welcome for this chicken dick. And I guess next week, what are we going to hear again? Um, we need to cut your welcome for this chicken dick and make that a sounder. <laughs> You're welcome. That's what I do. My wife is so welcome for this no, chicken sure dick. She's really grateful. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.